Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 85 of Lesbians Who Write. This week we're talking about box sets. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host who always thinks outside the box, T.B. Markinson. Hello T.B., how are you today? I'm doing alright, but I made the same mistake I did last time right before our recording. What's that? I was, uh, well, I didn't listen to the um, One Golden Summer, the, the chapters, the audio chapters, I still need to proof. Hmm. So I haven't listened since Thursday because I took a long weekend off, and um, but so I wanted to get one of the chapters done before we hopped on the call and motherfucker it was my sex scene <laughs> so which one did you cringe more at the sex scene i wrote or the sex scene you wrote it was um i've been cringing more about the chapters i penned because i'm like really you had to use that word again really <laughs> like really <laughs> it wouldn't have been so bad if i didn't know like within 10 minutes after getting off that call i'd be looking you in the eyeballs and be like what's chat I just listen to sex. <laughs> you are sex-obsessed, TB, as we all know. Well, speaking of sex, that's my second piece of news. Go on, then. Um, I am getting to that scene in Dagny where I'm going to have to write the sex scene that I totally skipped. So uh, this whole week is just sex. Sex-obsessed. That's what I've always yeah. said about you. That There's the title <laughs> of the episode right there. <laughs> sex-obsessed. All right, so yeah, so there's that. So um, I'm up to my tits and sex. <laughs> Also, um, I recently uh, published a blog post on my author website, and I uh, talk about the spark for a heart of ice of when I came up with the idea for the book, um, and that's the co-write I did with Miranda McLeod. It's a little humorous, because I don't know if you remember, that's the story where um, I wrote 30K of backstory. Because why not? Why yeah. not do that every why time not? you do a book? <laughs> why not th- write 30,000 words that you just don't need? <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do every time, not. It seems to be part of my process. I'm trying to wean myself off of it. But in other news, uh, Miranda McLeod is working on her next book, and I am one of her beta readers um, helping with the story. And it takes place on a vineyard, but also one of the leading ladies has a very large Greek family. And so this spurred me to rewatch My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Have you seen that movie? I don't think I have. I, I think it's one of those movies where I've seen excerpts from it. I forgot how funny that movie is. I mean, a part of it is a little dated, obviously, because I think it came out in, like, early 2000s. Part of it's a little dated, but that movie was so fucking funny. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's, like, a dumpster fire in the U.S. right now. Well, it's it's caught my attention. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to... It's like a train wreck. It's hard (laughs) to look away. But anyways, with everything that's going on, I was like, you know what? You probably need, like, a good two-hour break from all the news alerts that are alerts that are popping up on your phone so I, I sat down watched that movie hid my phone and everything and I just laughed and laughed and laughed for two solid hours it was hilarious I challenge everyone to watch this movie if they need something to cheer them up with everything that's happening because like these days it feel I feel like every time I blink I miss like seven news cycles it's happening so fast I don't understand why we can't get anything in control but I'll get off politics for a second so that's what I've been up to this week. Listening to sex, writing sex, and watching the funny movie. Sexy, sexy sex. Great. Well, my, my, my week hasn't been nearly so exciting, TB. I'm doing my Christmas book, so the second draft is done. Hooray. 
um, and now I'm just I've I've got about ten percent left in reading reading it through. Have you have you had more wine with it yet? No, still no more wine. Um, there's more wine in the book. Yes, but like, how are you tapping into the? I mean, I know it's getting a little colder, but how are you tapping into it? I have to like set the scene when I do Christmas because like otherwise it's just not the same. Um, well, I was reading it through today, obviously, and um, it it does. I was feeling Christmassy, so you know. But I haven't hadn't had any more wine. Maybe I'm maybe I will have some this week. Maybe you're going to inspire really? me. I've got two bottles oh. in the cupboard. It's really old mulled wine though, so I don't know. Does mulled wine go out of date? I can't even say it. Mulled wine does it go out of date? Well, don't you like heat it up? Won't that kill like anything anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> not too much. You don't want to. You don't want to kill the alcohol. That would be a nightmare. Then you just have hot <laughs> wine, and that's like <laughs> hot dull wine. Yeah, I'm always amazed though. That, like, since you're like such the Christmas person, I would expect you to be wearing like like a Santa suit right now, and like have little elves dancing around you ah, while you write this book. Well, you know what? I did have a bit of Christmas last week because uh, my wife had a. She's got a friend who's who's doing these cook along Christmas thing. So, and she was trialing it. So like she had to get on a Zoom call and she got a box of ingredients delivered to her house and then she had to make a starter, a main course and a dessert. And the dessert was mince pies and gingerbread people. So we did make those last week. So that was pretty Christmassy and we made a Christmas dinner. I say we, she, and then I ate it. So uh, it was all very delicious and uh, Christmassy. So that did get my Christmas senses tingling last week. All right. And when, it, when does Hallmark start with their Christmas Never ending Christmas? I think it's... They might have even started already. I don't know. It's normally around now. I'm not sure exactly yeah. when, but I'll have to have a look. So, yeah, Christmas, um, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I was happy at the end of Draft 2. Uh, now I'm sort of nearly read through it again. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is it okay? But I think there's always that moment uh, at this stage. So I think it's solidly Christmassy. It's small town, enemies to lovers. I hope to hammer out the bits I'm not so sure about this week because it goes to the editor on Sunday. Da, da, da. So I've got six Ooh. six days. So you have a ticking clock. Like it's like literally ticking massive, tick, talk, massively tick, over your head. Talk, yeah. Yeah. So in other news, I know that you're going to be on the edge of your seat. Shoes. Did I keep the shoes with the pink trim? What's your guess? No. The answer, the answer you were correct is no. <laughs> they went back. Uh, you know, it, when I say pink trim, it really wasn't that. There was like a bit of pink on the sole, but it would annoy me. So they went. I mean, why? What do you mean? What do you mean on the sole? Yeah, there was like a little, just the tip of the on the bottom part of the shoe. Yeah. So when you're standing in them, there was no visible pink. No. But still, that was too much. Too much. The inside, the actual inside was bright pink. And that would upset me every time I went to put my feet in them. But you could, there was nothing visible. So uh, in other news today, um, I went over to my friend's house this afternoon uh, in between reading uh, my Christmas book um, for the third time. Uh, and I got my brows done. So my friend is a professional brow artist. And I am a brow model on her brow website and um, she uh, she does my brows for me at her house. So she has Mondays off, so I went over to her house today and got my brows done. Do you like my brows, TB? They're looking great. So so the woman who won't like pink shoes gets her brows done. That's like, getting your brows done seems super feminine to me, <laughs> but then you don't like pink in your shoes, which is like super not. <laughs> I, I, I'm never, I, I might shut down. My brain is literally <laughs> shutting down. And like when you, when you say a brow artist, mm -hmm. is that all? She, is that all she does? 
notes is like, is that something she where she makes her full time living from? Yep. I've never heard of this career. Mm. Well, it's a new one for her because she was she used to be a facial specialist, so she's from uh, New York. So she she used to actually do facials for like quite um, Hollywood stars and things in New York, and then she came over to London and did it. And then she's then she wanted to try something else, so she now just does brows, and she's she's very good at it. She tints shapes, yeah, tints and shapes. So what do you do? You sit there while she just plucks the shit out of your hair. She tints them, and then we and then we wait. Well, for I'm that assuming the shaping involves like shaping, yeah. actual removal. Yes. Of some... Yes, with tweezers. Oh, she would have a field day with me. <laughs> and then she jade, but, uh, and then she jade rollers them, and it really cools them down. What do you mean jade rollers? She's got a little. We... She's got a little eyebrow roller that she rolls over the jade and it's really cooling. <laughs> I love going to get my brows done. It's like a highlight. I get them done like once every two months or something. Well, How should... did I never know this about you? <laughs> never. There you go, that's been this week. And also this week, I had an absolute cake disaster at the weekend. So my brother and his wife came over for dinner and I baked a cake and I followed the instructions to the letter and it just wasn't very sweet and my buttercream went a bit sort of scrambled eggy. So it was a bit of a cake disaster. I threw half of it away. That's uh, that's how bad the cake was, TB. Baking what failed. What do you mean scramble eggy with the buttercream? Uh, it just didn't work, and it was all a bit lumpy. Ugh. Yeah, so that was that. But in good news, you know our Mexico holiday was cancelled. Sad, yes. sad face. But we booked to go glamping. Oh, okay. Where 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 is this magical? What kind of... what what? Words, TV, words. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of glamping are you going to do? We're going to go glamping in Devon. Uh, we've got a big tent, like massive. It's got like three bedrooms and its own kitchen with a with a gas stove and induction hob and things. It's got a hot tub. It's got a, a decking. It's got fire pit. So you're not staying like in a converted uh, red bus or an airplane or anything? It's just a tent? It's a big tent. But it should, it looks quite nice, and um, yeah, it'd just be nice to get away for a little bit. It's not Mexico. It's not going to be thirty degrees. No, <laughs> it's not. There's not going to be a massive ocean with lots of tacos and tequila. However, <laughs> we've got a hot tub, and that's what I'm hanging on to. Do you like tequila? I do like tequila. Oh, I can't do tequila. No, that's that's not a thing for me. Well, I mean, it is a thing, but it's not a good thing for me. I don't do it well. Mm. So, well, I don't think anyone does it that well, do they? But um, I do like a bit of tequila on occasion, but uh, I don't drink it very often. You know, yeah. it, it, do you know it's Posh Spice? You know Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham? It's, yes. her, it's her drink of choice. She drinks tequila and tonic. I liked that fact about her. I actually made one of the characters in one of my books drink tequila and tonic because I read that about Victoria Beckham. Oh, no. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> it's kind of... It's, Tequila is one of the stronger ones for me. I can't do tequila or whiskey, and it's because I had really um, good nights on tequila and whiskey, and then like the next like day was terrible. And now, whenever I smell it, I remember that feeling. Mm. So that's a no go. Mm. But I've never tried a tonic. Does it cut it just enough? Have you tried it? I have tried it once. Yeah, it's actually all right. But you have to like the taste of tequila. Like my wife hates it, so she just wouldn't like it. So what was she gonna drink in Mexico? Can she do like margaritas at all? No. She drinks pina coladas. I have a margarita. I do love a good pina colada. There so, you go. Yeah. Next time you book it, I'll go with you guys. All right. Okay. Yeah. Come along. Get <laughs> <laughs> 20... like a rollout cart. <laughs> yeah. 2022. We'll do that. All right. 
But let's get on to comments. What you got? All right. First up, I have a comment from Richard, who loved your political outburst on one of the episodes. It's kind of hard not to have outbursts these days with politics, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> I'm trying not to like have them on a regular basis, but like everything, everything is just really upsetting. But um, Richard enjoyed it, so uh, thank you very much, Richard, for listening. And then uh, Jan liked your comment, slide it into your arsenal. <laughs> it was one of my better ones, Jan, definitely. And Jan also thought our say uh, no uh, episode offered fine advice. So thank you very much, Jan, for listening. Also, uh, Carol um, from Lesby Reviewed really enjoyed that saying no episode and said it was helpful and gave her a lot to think about. I had a comment from Yana saying that I did a semi-decent job on pronouncing Bob the Builder in German. I think she was being kind, <laughs> but I'm going to take it as a win. <laughs> I think Yana was being very kind, but you know that is that's nice. Spread kindness around. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting the pop quiz of saying Bob the Builder in three different languages. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was one of my very favorite moments from last week. Anywho, do you have any comments on your side? I don't have any comments uh, per se, but I do have a, a, a shout out from Bella Books who've asked us to um, ask the listeners just that if you've got any romance, if there's any romance writers out there who would like a, a publisher to uh, to publish with, Bella Books are looking for romance and romantic thriller novels. So if you've got one that you'd like to submit to Bella, do that. Now, Bella is strictly a uh, lesbian fiction yes. publisher, right? Yes. Okay. All right, yeah, so yeah, this is a good opportunity to uh, send dust off that manuscript and send it off and get some input. Indeed. Right then, let's get on to the topic at hand, which is box sets. So when I suggested this topic, TB said, oh, I don't really know anything about box sets. So you're going to be hearing a lot of my voice and TB nodding in the background and drinking tea. Is that right? Yeah, do I have to speak at all? <laughs> <laughs> Can I run to the loo? <laughs> <laughs> no, not allowed. You're gonna you're gonna listen and be wowed by my box set knowledge. Ready? This seems harder than I was trying to. Okay, I'll try. So box sets. So um, I've got a few different box sets out, and to be honest, they are a great way to drum up some extra income and to get people to try you for a bit of a discount on their end, and off, yeah, offer them a good deal, and also you make um, a bigger amount of money all at the same time. So it's they're generally wins. At the moment, I've got seven box sets for sale, and I plan to do more. Didn't you just release a box set? I did just release a box set called Love... Thanks thanks for asking. You're on the ball, you are, called Love Happens Here. That was a bit different to any other box set I've got. The first six were my two series. Um, I boxed up the first three books, and then the second lot of three books. So one to three, four to six. And then I boxed up the whole series, so one to six in both uh, of my series. And that, that's as far as I've got in all my series. One of them's finished and it's got six books and the other one is ongoing, and, but there's six books. And generally box sets are multiples of uneven numbers. It's a bit like chefs when they put out food on a plate. It's always threes or fives. No, that's not like chefs then, is it? <laughs> I don't know. What, what about chefs? It's numbers, TV. Oh my God, your number thing is catching. <laughs> Box sets are normally in threes or sixes. <laughs> they go up in multiples of threes, right? Why is that? Do you know? Oh, now I see what you're saying. You said three and five, but you mm. did the math. Okay. Yeah. It took me that long to figure out why the math was wrong. <laughs> I, think, I think three is just like a very easy number. 
for the first set because especially if you're doing it in the series when you, when you finally get three books that is a good chunk to put in a box set but then when you want to make it a bigger box set you're, you you do have to kind of double it to make it even more worth um the reader's while yeah i think also probably it's to do with price because as i say one of the key things about box sets is that you can give readers a bit more value so for instance if they buy one book it will cost them let's say seven dollars but if you if they bought the three books individually it would cost them 21 dollars. but it, you can offer the box set basically three uh three for two so you can offer it at fourteen dollars and there so i guess that's why as well um so it gives the reader good value but also it gives you the reader might read book one in the series and then their attention might get drawn away to other shiny books on the horizon because there are so many on the horizon these days aren't there and then they might never buy that book too and that would be sad wouldn't it but oh, if, if you if you offer them a box set three for two they'll go well that's a bargain i'm gonna buy that and then you've got the money for two books already in your bank account the reader is happy because they've got three books with a price of two and then you're happy as well because they're invested in your series and they're much more likely to read it so there are benefits for you in producing the box set you get more money the reader gets more value everybody's happy am i convincing you to do box sets i have a few box sets yeah it's not my strong suit it's not my strong suit of putting the box sets together do you know what i think one of the major obstacles that used to exist with box sets was that they were difficult to put together um literally for the author they were really hard you used to have to do them in word before the advent of vellum uh, vellum for those who don't know is a formatting software that is quite life-changing because it's so easy to use and uh, yeah it's pretty quick and that has actually changed my thoughts on doing box sets because I remember when I did the first ones for all I want the all I want series books one three and four to six I did them in word and oh my god that was a headache whereas now you can just drag and drop files uh, from vellum into a new um, file and you can make it in an hour and it is so easy that it has encouraged me to make the box sets but you do have to remember when you're making box sets to make them a new release so as I just didn't with Love Happens Here <laughs> you know I did make it a new release as in I did alert my newsletter to it um, and I did do social media for it but I didn't do an ARC uh, team to get reviews on it and things like that so um, but just do at least do um, a new newsletter social media make people aware of it do a blog post um, give it a shout out do make it a new release as well when it comes to covers so that is one of the key things to consider when you're doing a box set when I first started doing box sets there was a, a trend in the sort of I don't know exactly when it was but probably around 2016 2017 where the covers used to be used to have smaller versions of all the books you included on the cover and they looked a right mess do you remember that it's one of my aversions to box set I hate the covers yeah <laughs> It's just a like, little known fact about me. I hate those fucking covers. <laughs> it's just like it had one one cover, and then like they would try and fit all the different book covers on that cover, and it just looked messy and terrible. But it just went through a, a stage where everybody was doing that, so I did it for my All I Want series and for my London series, and it looked terrible. But I did it anyway. But I disagree with that now, and and you shouldn't do it now. And the received wisdom now is don't don't do that. So I've, I've since recovered all my. 
uh, box sets and they look so much better. So have a fresh cover for them. They're a new release for you. And plus, if you ever want to do a BookBub with these uh, box sets, BookBub will not accept box sets with tiny replicas of the original covers on their covers. So it has to be a fresh, independent cover. I tried to get a bo uh, BookBub for my All I Want series box sets. Never managed it because they always said that the covers were rubbish. <laughs> they were right. Yes, yes, that's one of my aversions to it. I think I need to update a couple of mine. And also, like, with the thumbnail, because, like, you, when you're looking on Amazon, when you do have, like, the box set where it has, like, three of them, like, lined up in this, and I, I do understand the conventional wisdom, because these are the box sets you used to buy in bookstores, where you did, they did come, like, in kind of a box thing, and the individual paperbacks were in there, and so I think authors were trying to replicate that, even though it's ebooks. But um, it's they're hard to read. It's confusing, and so yeah, that's one of the things I do not like about them. Yes. So if you're going to do a box set, um, get a nice cover on it. What other things you should you consider? So timing. Um, don't release them too soon after the final book that's being included has been released. So for instance, my last book in the London series was what was it called? <laughs> It was called Made in London. Good job I've got it on my desk because uh, it's just there, <laughs> right there, I can see it. So Made in London came out um, in October last year and I waited, Receives Wisdom is to wait six months. So give it six months for your readers to read that book before you then release the box set. Um, so I did wait, I think I released it in May this year. So when I released a uh, the box set of books four to six the london romance series and then i also released the box set of books one to six so leave it a little gap so that you give that book time to flourish now when you say you release box set four to six and then you release one to six were those simultaneous or did you leave a gap between those as well i released them one week apart so just because i'd done them so and i wanted to get them out there so no i didn't really leave much room between those two because I think that they're different audiences like you'll either get the people who go for the whole series or just want the one to three or the four to six so um, I think they're slightly different is it a better deal to buy a one to six or is it better deal to buy your one through three and then four to six one moment caller while I check the prices <laughs> I love that face uh why did you ask me that question That's pretty much what you <laughs> Okay, so the answer to your question is, it's a better deal, TB, <laughs> to buy one to six than it is one one to three and four to six. So you probably save like about $8. Well, that's a pretty good deal, and that way you can really push it. And then, But when you're doing it, when you're applying for a BookBub, you do make quite a bit of money on box sets from BookBub because you can list them higher than the 99 cents. Right, I think I've only ever done uh, 99 cents for my box set. I've only done it once, so um, and that was uh, all I want, one to three. So one of the worries from authors is, will you cannibalize sales by putting your books into a box set? TB is shaking her head. And the answer is, no, that is the answer. Well done, you won a prize. Um, <laughs> she's very excited. Because when I look at my own behavior, um, I, I don't buy box sets. It's just not my thing. I prefer to read and access books separately and I won't commit to a series without buying the book first anyway. And I think this is true for a lot of people. You're either a box set person or you're not. Um, and if you are, you either jump into the series with both feet and buy books one to six for a bigger discount, as we now know, or you buy <laughs> books one to three and then four to six. I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy those. So it wouldn't matter to me 
you can offer me a big discount I still won't buy it but some people are box set people and they'll buy it so they are very different audiences so don't worry about cannibalizing your audience and even if you do have a few people who cross over and get a better deal then that's good because they're gonna think better of you like they'll be like wow you're giving such great value and also you get to sell a bigger ticket item so it's a win-win it does pay off to reward the readers because then they like you. Yes. Readers like it when you're nice. Yes, be nice. And they remember that. Yes. And also it's good to have a big, bigger ticket item. Now, obviously this only works really for wide readers. Uh, sorry, if you're wide with your books. So by wide, I mean on all the different platforms, not just on KU. So you're not exclusive to Amazon. So you, then you can price things higher on uh, Apple Books on Kobo, on Google, on your if you're selling direct, because on Amazon Kindle you can price higher than $9.99, but you won't get 70% royalty. Anything over $9.99 on Amazon Kindle, you have to accept a 35% royalty, which is kind of rubbish. Which is why my London Romance series box sets are not available on Kindle, and nor is my All I Want uh, series 1-6. But you can buy them on all the other platforms, or direct from my shop, the custom bookshop, which you can get on my website. Um, so this is a really good thing to have a bigger ticket item because again, you, as I said, you're offering a discount and also you get paid more. So it's win-win. Having said that, are box sets good? If So they're great for wide uh, because of that reason. But are they good if you're in KU and you offer a box set? The answer is yes, they are also good in KU because it's a great way to drive up your page reads as all your books are there for readers to steam through without clicking away. So if they buy, if, if, uh, they get, no, none of my box sets are on KU, but if, say, one of them was, if London Romance was on it, they'd be able to read six books, then you get the page reads for all those six books. Um, so that's a win. And they're not being tempted away by any other books. It's right there. It's like their fingertips. They are just carry on reading. Their eyeballs will just carry on reading. It's amazing. Now, TB, you can tell me your experience of this, because I'm sure that you've you've had experience of this, but I, just to say, I know there's an author I follow, He's not a lesbian romance author. He's a thriller author. And he just did a box set, 12 book box set, so 12 novels in one box set for 99p. So he heavily promoted it on Facebook, uh, but this box set was in KU. All his books were in KU. And he spent a lot of money on Facebook ads uh, promoting this box set. But he ended up earning $10,000 in month one and $15,000 in month two but he did spend probably about half of that on Facebook ads so he was putting a lot of spend in but his profit was 50% of that figure so just with that box set so you know if you're in KU it can really pay to do a box set I'm not saying you'll get that much <laughs> that much um, uh, read through and page read money uh, you might if you really invest in uh, Facebook ads but you need to know what you're doing but uh, what's your what's your experience of box sets on KU? Um, yeah, I would have to agree with that because um, I didn't have quite the success the author had, but um, when I did, I forget, I think it was the first A Woman Lost box set. I, I did a, a book bug with that for 99 cents, and I think that month, even though it was sold for 99 cents, that month I ended up making um, like $2,000 from it. So, and that's because there were three books in it and I got all the page reads and it did help. It, it like drove the um, book up the charts and it stayed up in the charts for a bit. So even when it converted back to the normal price, actually I think I left that one at 99 cents for quite a while, but it does pay off because um, 
if you're in KU, one of your big things that you want, I mean, you want sales, that's true, but I always go after Patriots. So um, with a box set, there was triple the Patriots for that one item because there was three books in it. So yeah, I do agree with that. And um, it it is, you can be very methodical about it and you can do something like put like 12 books into a box set and charge 99 cents and then do a lot of advertising. I think it will pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously... Um, you won't be able to replicate the exact thing that that author did. If you want to look him up, he, his name is Paul Teague, and he's a, a very nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. But he goes into great detail about it on his blog, so you can find out how he did it. We'll put that link in the show notes. But yeah, you won't get exactly the same return because you're not in the same genre as him and you haven't got his exact set, set of circumstances. However, it is a tactic that could work should you choose to pursue it. The other thing that, that could be in the tick box of box sets is you can add exclusive content to tempt people in so with um, the love happens here box set that I just did recently which is a series starter box set the aim of that was to offer a good deal again because you're getting two novels for um, just over the price of one and also there's a short story in there that I haven't released anywhere else and I think it's one of my best I've written it's quite different to what I normally write um, it's still it's still lesbian romance but it's but it's a bit different it's not available anywhere else so that was just a little little thing to tempt people in to that box set so you can offer exclusive content and you might get people in but also that that box set um, is a series starter one so hopefully if they read London Calling and if they read uh, All I Want for Christmas they might then go on and read the rest of my series so it's just another um, access point, another avenue to get people in. And doing box sets is also good to just build your back catalogue and keep releases flowing. And as I said, it's a great access point into your back catalogue. It's good to have as many of these as possible. I've got standalone books, print books, audio, large print, ebooks, and then box sets. Um, and for the bigger ones, obviously, they're going to be mainly ebooks because uh, doing box sets as print books is problematic uh, when you're indie publishing. I don't know whether um, the traditional publishers in, Le- in Lesvik do, do do box sets. I haven't seen any, but I don't know traditional publishing does a few. But they're mainly going to be ebooks. Uh, but obviously, you could actually then put them into audio books as well. And I think they do pretty well um, on Audible because you're offering then a lot of hours for the one credit. Have you ever done anything on audio book box sets? ACX, I'm in moderation for the two woman lost box sets. I've been in moderation for a while. Okay. <laughs> ACX is back to um, being really slow for a while they were like super fast like I released uh, a woman complete like I hit the approval button and like within three days it was already up on audible and now I don't know what they're doing I did do a print version for the woman lost box sets and the girl of happens box sets and those are good to do because with the print um, the price is going to be higher and then when you do apply for a bookbub, bookbub really likes to discount things drastically. So they would use like the print price. Right. And then they're saying, oh, you can save like $20 on this one. Yeah. So when you when you did the print book then, how, is is that like three novels? Yeah, it's an unruly sized book. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's a real doorstop because I've always shied away from doing that because I just think when I read, I normally read in bed, right? But quite often uh, when I'm reading, I drop books on my head. Or I drop my kid. I, I drop the Kindle on my head, and I I would be I wouldn't be happy reading a three three book. I can't even say it. Another thing I like to do with the um, paperback version of the um, three books is 
I can order the author copies, which are, I mean, they're still pricier than this individual books because there's more paper that's being printed. But I can take them to events, and then when I do sign copies, if I want to give a few away, I can give away one of those. And, um, you know, you're giving away three books, so it's kind of introducing you, the reader, to the series. So it does help. But, um, again, it's one of those things. I learned that trick for the um, doing the paperback version through Mark Dawson. I think he was talking with, oh, shit, what's her name? What <laughs> what we're always we're always referring to? Joanna Penn. Joanna Penn. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, my blank, my mind just went blank. <laughs> but anyway, so um, they were talking, and he said that he did it with his box set, and like I, you could see like a this was when she used to do video. You could see like a light bulb go over her head, off her head, and um, she was like, as soon as we get off this call, I'm gonna do that because it's the, it's brilliant with the pricing points. Maybe there's a light bulb going on over my head as well. Amazing. Look at us. If you do plan on doing a BookBub, I would recommend it because, like, BookBub really likes to offer steep discounts. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've always just done it because – not done it because I just think it's a it'd be a beast of a book. But maybe it not is. not everybody thinks, yeah, you do it for different reasons. And I guess the other thing, the last thing to uh, mention on uh, on my list would be uh, multi-author box sets. Now, I've never done one, but they can be advantageous in your career just to um, cross-promote with other authors and to open up to greater exposure. You might not make a lot of money um, out of it, especially because these multi-author box sets are normally offered at low price points. But you might gain some fans who will then go on to read your stuff elsewhere. So, And if it's a book you've already written, it might be worth throwing it in to uh, a multi-author box set just to gain exposure. Have you ever done one of those? The only experience I have with a multi-author box set is through the short story anthologies. I've done two, uh, Amanda Radley, uh, Spearheaded. And the thing that you said of, you know, you're... you're you're advertising with a group of authors, and I did gain a lot of new readers from that because people would email their lists, and you might tap into another author's list that um, hadn't been tempted by one of your books or something like that. And yeah, it did pay off in that in that regard. But I have not done the big, the big, you know, like I think that works a lot with like thrillers and mysteries. I haven't seen too many. Have you seen too many lesbian multi-author box sets? No, I've never seen one. So I just wondered if you had done one. No, yeah, I, I think I think it, you're right. I've I've never seen one in in um in lesbian. I've seen romance ones, uh, but I think maybe romance ones more with one author, like massive romance box sets. Like you know, I know massive romance um, general romance authors like Bella Andre. She's got like a twenty book box set. Yeah, and that that just scares me. Holy shit! I know. <laughs> They'd be like, "That's too much commitment for me." Is that one in print too? I'm trying to picture. Yeah, can you imagine that? Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> that wouldn't give you a bloody nose. That would concuss you or kill you. <laughs> Killed by Belarondre. What a way to go, though. Yeah, and and I think some people actually do. Uh, talking of Mark Dawson and Joanna Penn, who are two sort of guiding lights in the uh, indie industry. I know that. I think. I think Joanna Penn has said before that she's got like a everything I've ever done box set. And I've thought about doing that actually, because um, that would be a big ticket item, right? You could really uh, discount it. How big would that file be? It would be massive, wouldn't it? <laughs> I was trying to picture like, I mean, again, this is something we have to consider because as a reader, I would never purchase something like that. But there are people who do. So we um, always have to, it's not just us. We have to consider like, what other people want. Yep, but no. That's, that's a big fucking file. It would be. It would be. It would be hefty. The delivery charge would be big. But like you say, yeah, I'm not a box set reader. 
but there are them out there and I sell box sets every single month and I sell the London Romance 1 to 6 is a steady little earner for me uh, because people like a discount so uh, if you haven't done it yet if you're just starting out if you've got a couple of books remember if you've got three give it a little bit of time and then stick it in a box set and see what happens anything else to say to me you did a fantastic job. Thanks. Thank you for taking the lead on this one. You're very welcome. And I hope you found it helpful out there. And do let us know um, if you love to read box sets, um, if you've done one yourself, uh, let us know on the website in the comments or email us at lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com or Facebook us, Twitter us, Instagram me. Now, we do have to say that the next couple of weeks we're going to be rerunning a couple of episodes because I'm going on holiday and uh, TB just, um, we decided we'd have a little break. But we're going to be rerunning some of our most popular episodes so you will still have something in your feed. In the meantime, when, we get, when I get back uh, at the end of October, we are going to be doing an Ask Us Anything episode. So, write in and ask us anything. Wow, that's 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 bold. bold. Anything, anything, anything at all about brows, about um, how don't pink not shoes. No, pink shoes. Not about baking. Don't ask me about baking. You're the baker, though. I'm really surprised by this cake. Well, I mean, you're the one who like I went to your house the first time. You had like a scale that like weighs shit, and I'm like, why would anybody need this? <laughs> I do, I do bake, but uh, and generally my baking is good, and I followed the recipe. It just didn't work out. What can I say? You know, it's been an off year for everybody. Yeah, twenty twenty, twenty twenty, man, twenty twenty. I'm, but you know what I'm going to do? TB, dust myself down, pick myself up, start all over again. All right, I expect a cake success story yes. by the time we get back yes. on the air. All right, so in the meantime, um, write in, tweet us. Leave us a comment on the website and ask us anything to do with writing, life, us, careers, politics, anything you want. Tune back in next week for more Lesbians Who Write. In the meantime, keep writing. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.